And that is the latest single from Stephen Lee Olson, a great song called Can't Not. It's currently heading towards the top 20 on Canadian Country Radio. And it's also rocked up nearly 800,000 streams across the U.S. and Canada. Uh, he's a successful artist with so many great songs recently, Hello Country, and many more. And he's also a very successful songwriter. You probably have heard the song Blue Ain't Your Color by Keith Urban. Of course, we've all heard it. It went to number one. It won a CMA. It was nominated for some Grammys and an ACM. Uh, it won the 2017 NSAI Song of the Year. So many great honors to his name, along with uh, other great songs. Kip Moore's number one more Girls Like You. And when I look at the list of the artists who have recorded songs he's been a writer on, it's quite incredible. Garth Brooks is on that list. Billy Currington, Rascal Flatts, The Judds, Emerson Drive. He co-wrote Drop with Dallas Smith. That was a big hit for Dallas. So many artists have recorded his songs and so many more are yet to. My pleasure now to welcome Stephen Lee Olsen to the show. Hey, Stephen. How's it going, Dave? Wow, that was quite the intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to say about you. Oh, man. Well, half of it's true. Half of it I paid somebody <laughs> to put in Wikipedia. <laughs> That's funny. Exactly. We can do that with Wikipedia, right? We can, uh, we can embellish it a bit. <laughs> Technology is amazing. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, yeah, when I was looking through this list, I mean, uh, you know, Keith Urban, of course, the huge song, we'll get, we'll get into that one specifically. But also on here, you know, Garth Brooks, uh, Emerson Drive, uh, Rascal Flatts, I'm sure that some of these people, Stephen, as you were a country music fan, uh, are like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they're recording one of mine. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I've, I've, uh, I've lived here in Nashville for 16 years now, and I've really kind of embedded myself in the songwriting community and made it um, one of my goals to just really be the best and trying to learn my craft as a songwriter. So, um, you know, when I, I remember starting to get some of my first earlier cuts, um, like Emerson Drive and uh, the Judds put out a song that actually High Valley cut too, called I Will Stand By You that did pretty well in Canada as well. But when I started getting those early cuts, I remember it just feeling like Christmas, you know, like you, all you've, you've seen people around you getting number ones and having huge hits and spending some time at the Bluebird Cafe, you know, you you just it's it, it's said that it's possible, and so when you start to actually get a little bit of those uh, those successes, it feels good and it drives you to the next. I'll bet uh, it's incredible. Let's uh, let's focus right now on the Keith Urban song, "Blue Ain't Your Color," which uh, so many people love. It is such a great song. Can you take us inside the writing of that one, Stephen? How the idea came to be and a bit of the the writing of the song. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, that one was um, a total gift from the gods. Uh, it's the closest thing to magic that I've ever seen. It's, uh, so I got the idea. I was actually sleeping on my couch with my dog at the foot of my couch, I guess. And, uh, and it was probably about midnight. Um, and I fell asleep and I woke up for three minutes, no more than that. And, uh, the, the idea came into my head, the title blue ain't your color. Um, and I really didn't think much of it other than to, Hey, that's kind of cool. I'm going to write that down. And then in the morning, um, I was, I remembered it and I looked at my phone and I was like, Oh my God, like this is, I know exactly what to do with this song. So I called my producer. Wow. Uh, I was signed yep. to, I was signed to Columbia, Nashville at the time. 
and uh, and Blue Ain't Your Color was on my record. Um, and uh, so we, we, we finished it, and I remember saying things in the uh, in the writing room when we were writing it. We were like, man, Keith Urban wishes he had this. Like, we, I remember saying <laughs> stuff like that because we were so confident. We were like, oh, my God, we were so hyped on the song. And uh, and then wow. full circle, you know, it, Keith ended up doing it, and I ended up bringing my mom to the Grammys. So it was a pretty cool experience. Unbelievable. Uh, just amazing how the song started and where it took you. And, yeah, to take your mom to the Grammys is uh, one of those great moments in life. Yeah, I have a brother and a sister, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the favorite for life. <laughs> yeah, you can't really be hard that. exactly that at Christmas, guys. <laughs> you cannot get a gift that is <laughs> You can't wrap something to beat that. Uh, no, oh, my goodness. My whole family actually came. My whole family got to come uh, out, to, awesome. uh, out to California. And, yeah, it was awesome, man. We, it was such a cool experience. And um, that was – that weekend I, I saw Michael Keaton walking down the street. And uh, I'm a huge Beetlejuice and Batman and um, just Michael yeah. Keaton fan. And I remember, like, walking oh, up yeah. to him and being like, hey, Michael, can I get a, can I get a photo? And he legitimately said no. <laughs> he just said no and he kept walking and that was my first taste of Hollywood <laughs> there you go kind of humbling oh my goodness wow That's I right. loved him in uh, the movie the movies you mentioned Stephen also Birdman I thought was amazing oh yeah he was remember that movie Multiplicity too I, I haven't seen that one I've heard of it that's where he was oh, like uh, oh, a bunch classic. of times oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. I don't even know why that came to me. Um, but, you know, Jack Frost <laughs> is also a really great movie that I watch at Christmas yeah. almost every year. Just to He's stay a great actor. I heard recently on, yeah, in the entertainment news that uh, he might be coming back as Batman in one of, one of the movies. Maybe not where Batman's the star of it, but he might be reprising that role. He was a great Batman. Different one, but a great and one. I, yeah, I, pers- I loved him as Batman. Um, definitely yeah. always going to be one of my favorites, for sure. Very cool. Um, when you're writing songs, and we talked a bit about this before we, we were taping, uh, a lot of times you're writing a Stephen Lee Olson song, that vibe that is you, and that falls in line with uh, your overall sound. But then you get the chance to write songs almost in character for, um, it might be something you wouldn't say, or just maybe it's said differently than you would say. Then you get to have somebody like Garth Brooks record it, or Rascal Flatts. Uh, what is that like, that kind of writing experience? You know what? Every I think um, every song and every write is is completely different. And uh, you know, one there's some artists that I can write for that comes pretty naturally and easy to me because they kind of fall somewhere in my sound and my lane a little bit. Um, but the ones that I that I have the most fun with are the ones that I get to step out of, uh, you know, m- me as an artist and uh, kind of step into their boots. Um, you know, so the Garth Brooks cuts and even uh you know dallas smith with drop that was really fun too you know dallas to me has a has a very distinct sound um you know kip moore that uh more girls like you that one was a really fun ride too because kip is such an artist himself he knows exactly what he wants and uh so it's fun chasing those kind of sounds and um it, it, they're all exercises for me you know i i always say that uh, I've been here for 16 years, so I could write a song about a block of cheese, and it'll be a very detailed song about a block of cheese. Uh, it's just basically <laughs> what we write about now and who we write it for. 
I guess you can take any idea and any title almost and uh, turn it into something really special because, of course, you've got that gift and the, and the experience of writing. You could uh, uh, take something maybe even offbeat, and I'm sure you'd probably do that as almost an exercise, something that might not sound like a title and make it work. Oh, my gosh, Shannon, my wife, she, uh, she absolutely loves uh, living with me, I'm sure, because everything turns into a song. <laughs> you know, I could be making toast, and I will make the, the sweetest toast-making song you can think of, you know, about <laughs> just making sure the butter spread is evenly distributed. Um, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, there's, yeah, I sing about everything, and uh, she just rolls her eyes at me all the time. That's amazing. Well, congratulations, first of all, on being marriage and being married to Shannon and Ella. You guys make a beautiful couple. Uh, congratulations on that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's uh, She's definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me, no question. Uh, I still think I just, I don't know how I duped her. Um, but, you know, <laughs> as long as she'll have me, <laughs> I'll keep doing what she tells me. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sure she's inspired a bunch of songs for you, some great love songs that we've either heard or are about to hear. Oh, man. You know, honestly, to tell you the truth, Dave, is every single part of my life has gotten better since she's been in it. You know, I've gotten more cuts from other artists. I've been writing the best songs of my life. You know, I've been releasing songs and just been had had just really great success with radio and uh, fan base and like everything, you, you name it. Um, I think when you find the right person, like your whole world elevates, not just one aspect mm -hmm. of it. That's amazing. It's so great to hear. Uh, let's turn to, uh, before we get to the, the latest single, Can Not, let's hear Hello Country, your previous single. Uh, and it's such a great song. Tell me about this song and, uh, you know, the where the idea came from. Man, Hello Country is, uh, is definitely one of my favorite songs I've put out. I find myself doing just exactly what the song talks about all the time. Um, you know, that feeling when you get out of the city and you start seeing big open fields and farms and just, you know, just a lot of land. It's that feeling like, oh, I think everyone feels kind of that sense of relief. And uh, we wrote that song about that. It's uh, the title wasn't mine, actually. I wrote that song with uh, a guy named Brock Berryhill who produced it with me and a girl named Parker Welling. And Parker's a terrific writer that writes for um, for TR, uh, Thomas Rhett. And uh, and she came nice. in with the title Hello, Hello Country. And honestly, the title alone didn't really uh, do anything for me. I was kind of like, oh, cool, Hello Country. And then she said, goodbye, city, Hello Country. And I was like, oh, yes. Well, there it is. So um, <laughs> I just started playing yeah. this little guitar riff, and uh, and it turned into this sonic, beautiful masterpiece that – I like to jam every summer, and, I mean, damn, it's good all year round. It goes good with a cold beer. <laughs> it does. It's a great tune. This is Stephen Lee Olson with Hello Country here on In the Country. On a slow you down road with the fire stones humming, hand surfing, air coming through the front and the back windows. Been dreaming of the other side of this work week waiting. I'll be pedal down and open wide when the traffic stops breaking. I'll be waving, saying goodbye, city, hello, country. I've been thinking about 
And that is Ontario's Stephen Lee Olson. Uh, that's a very recent single called Hello Country. Uh, and, man, this is so cool. It was the most added song at Canadian Country Radio the week of its debut. Yeah, man, you don't take, uh, you know, don't take those things for granted. And, um, you know, a lot of hands and a lot of people made, makes those things happen. And, you know, you just got to be grateful when it does. So, uh, man, yeah, that was a, a cool moment. And that song just really, you know, I think it connected with the fans um, maybe even more so than some of my previous songs. And uh, I, I listen, you know, so I'm making more of that. Now you uh, moved to Nashville in 2004, as I mentioned earlier. Um, what, what, what would you say to people out there, Stephen, to artists, young artists, uh, st- artists starting out, maybe who are just at a certain level, they may not have even put an album out yet, but they are writing songs and performing a bit, um, about um, moving to Nashville or at least visiting Nashville uh, as, and having Nashville as part of what they do in the country music world. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, you, you have to either spend a ton of time in Nashville, like you said, or move here. You know, I always tell people to move here if they're really serious about it. Um, It's just what Nashville offers, you know, uh, the, the know-how of how to write songs and getting it firsthand from the best songwriters in the industry, being able to have, um, you know, resources like the Bluebird, where you can actually go and sit an arm's length away from some of the biggest songwriters in the world and have a conversation with them afterwards just by buying them a drink. Um, it's just, you know, that, that's, those are, that's the stuff that you really can't get anywhere else in the world. And, you know, I've had 16 years of it. And um, basically all songwriting is, it's a Rolodex of tricks of, of um, when you get stuck somewhere, you know, 10 different ways to get out of that. Uh, and I think that just by moving here, you, you will undeniably get that gift uh, if you put into it, you know. 
Interesting. Uh, the part you mentioned about tricks and kind of the Rolodex and just kind of things you can, I guess, reach to uh, to solve a, a lyrical situation or whatever, um, that you just learned over time and I guess from other writers being in Nashville. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you find um, what I did is, you know, I found a group of writers that I, that were getting number ones with every huge artist you can think of. Um, and I found out who they were writing with. So, and I, once I found out who they were writing with, I figured that, you know, it would take me a few rights to, you know, make my way up the chain. But if the quality of the song was good enough, eventually I would be able to get my shot in the room with those people. And that's those, that's your real, you know, opportunity in my mind is to uh, to show them that you bring something to the table. And my gift was always uh, titles and concepts. And uh, be, me being an artist, I always ended up singing all the demos. Uh, so that was kind of right. my place in the room. But, but everybody has a different place in the room, and um, it takes doing it a thousand times, you know, to figure these things out. Good advice. People need to know that it does take that long. They're not going to write great songs off the bat, but they're going to get better at it. Uh, that's awesome. Um, let's get into your influences, Stephen, the artists, as you were growing up, whether they were all country or some were from another genre. But uh, who are the artists that were exciting you and inspiring you to do this? Man, I, I, that's, man there's so many, and it is across so many genres. Um, but, I mean, I can remember listening to Elvis um, as early back you know, as damn when I remember to talk, I remember I had a, a, a stuffed monkey named Elvis that I carried around. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think country music, um, the first artist or the first couple artists that really grabbed my attention, you know, being a product of the 90s is Vince Gill, his voice and his big melodies. And um, I remember a song called I Still Believe in You that just made me yeah. feel something. And I was really young. Yeah. Um, and there was another artist named Brian White that I just absolutely loved. I, I don't know any other kid that was obsessed with Brian White, but I remember I knew every single song off that Between Now and Forever record. And uh, that was an early one, you know. And Shania, I remember when Shania came out, that was such like a shaping yeah, moment. Game changer. For, for, yeah, for me and just my, you know, my style of music and uh, just big choruses, you know, Mutt Lang is so, so crucial in, in country music and, uh, and obviously rock as well. But, um, and, you know, and then it goes all the way to, to the urban side of things. You know, I really, I really love uh, artists like Brian McKnight and I grew up listening to Boys to Men. Um, and even some Michael Bolton, hell, my mom liked Michael Bolton. And, uh, so I did too, you know, of course, before he cut <laughs> his hair off. Cause you know, once he cut his hair off, the magic kind of disappeared, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, I think there's a myth to that. Uh, yeah, you cut the hair and then the power is gone. Well, one of his songs, early songs I loved was, uh, uh, <laughs> I think it was called That's What Love Is All About. Uh, my goodness, what a ballad. Oh, yeah. That's what love is all about. Oh, Two man, he, found he a way. was the king of power ballads. Yeah, he was yeah. killer power ballads. Like, man, I said <laughs> I loved you, but I lied because this is more yeah. than love I feel inside. I'm like, okay, okay, I hear you, Mr. Bolton. <laughs> And uh, speaking of Brian White, I just wanted to mention two of my favorites of his, because I grew up listening to him. Um, there are others, but the two that came to mind just off the top of my head, Rebecca Lynn, which is an amazing song, I believe. Oh, yeah. Like that. Uh, great song. And I'm Not Supposed to Love You Anymore is, man, that's, that's the one. Powerful. That's the one, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what? There was also another one called Someone Else's Star. Do you remember that one? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Wishing on Someone Else's Star. 
That's right. And I love that. You know, it was songs like that and like concepts that really captured me, even that young. I was like, man, I guess I must be wishing on someone else's star. You know, someone else keeps getting what I'm wishing for. Like, damn, that hurts. I mean, I was like 12 and crying my mom's back, my mom's Oldsmobile going, God. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Brian White breaking your heart at age 12. Yeah. But you're, you're right. You, it just kind of naturally would seep into you. These lyrics that are, and these songs that are written a little more deeper than some others, right? Like just the, the hooks to them. Yeah. Or part totally. Of it was right around that time where we like, you know, you're starting to, you know, these dances at school, you're starting to dance a little bit closer. You're like, you know, you're like, damn, I think I feel something for this girl. And then you hear something like that and your heart just explodes. Amazing. Is, is there any, uh, Duet partners, uh, I ask this question a lot, Stephen. Um, it could be a male artist. There's those kind of um, duets. But anybody that you'd like to collaborate with vocally and, and performance-wise? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I've written a lot of songs with Billy Currington over the years, uh, especially over the last couple. And uh, I just think he's got one of the most distinctive voices I've ever heard. That dude can sing anything, and he's become a, a good homie of mine. And uh, I know that we, we have something that we're, uh, that we're excited to possibly do in the future. Is there, uh, is there an artist that you haven't had a song cut by yet that you would like to, that maybe is on your radar, that you've maybe got the song already, and it's just a matter of getting that process started and hoping it happens? But anybody on that dream list? Yeah, I would love to have a Tim McGraw cut, honestly. You know, Tim is just, I don't know, to me he's larger than life, and... Uh, you know, I've seen him live so many times, and he's just one of those artists that, you know, I still think is so relevant now and has been from the 90s. And it's like, I don't know, I that, that one has always just been a feather that I'd love in my hat, honestly. Great choice. I'm loving his new song that's out now. It's just kind of like a traditional song, but contemporary, um, I Called Mama. It's just, just a warm song. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, he, a great he song. picks good ones. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of good songs, let's uh, turn to Can Not, and I'll get to the story from you on this. Tell me about this song. Man, Can Not. You know, I wrote it with uh, with one of my best friends. His name is Brandon Day, and he actually ended up producing it with me. Um, this was a day that we were supposed to write with a major artist here in Nashville, and, uh, and they ended up canceling. I won't say names, but... Um, we were both kind of bummed because we were really looking forward to writing with this human. Uh, and we decided that, Hey, you know what, let's try and just write when the two of us. So uh, Brandon pulled up this, like this, uh, this MIDI drum set essentially where you can play drums on a keyboard. And, uh, and I started just kind of like playing this beat, you know, um, that I had in my head. And then he kept handing me instruments after that. So uh, we just kind of built the, the vibe of it um, based on that. And, uh, and then the, the lyrics came out soon after. I think someone said, man, we can't not write this. And, and the next thing you know, we had a, we had a chorus. And it was, just one of the, it was just one of those ones, you know. The cool thing about the song is um, as we were writing it, we built the record. So uh, we wrote it, we sang it, we recorded everything in the same day. Uh, and that all we needed to do was to to get it mixed, which Brandon can do, but I uh, I give the guy a break every once in a while. <laughs> I'm like, 
All right, we've worked hard enough. Let's hand it off to Mix. Um, but yeah, that's one that came together awesome. And uh, and I think I got news today from my promo that we're at sitting at twenty four, which is uh, which is great news because it's it's doing wow. great on the radio. That is so great to hear. I've heard it on KX ninety four seven in this area uh, quite a bit, and uh, obviously it's getting played a lot uh, other stations as well. That's the one I'm hearing it on. Um, let's spin it now for everyone to hear and enjoy. This is my guest Stephen Lee Olson with his current single "Can't Not" on in the country. And that is Ontario's Stephen Lee Olson, living in Nashville since 2004, with his latest single. It's a great one called Can't Not. Uh, you can stream it on Spotify. You can purchase it and, of course, request it at your local country station. Uh, Stephen, is there anything that you haven't done yet in your career that is kind of on your bucket list and your dream list of a moment, uh, whether it's a stage or a person to work with or uh, just some achievement you want to have? You know what? It's so funny. I, you know, I get asked this question um, a lot, you know, just because I've, I, I guess I've accomplished a lot for my age and in the songwriting community. And 
um, as an artist for me, you know, that's, uh, I'm finally in a position where I can, you know, put out my own music. And, uh, and of course, right now we're not supposed to be touring and we can't, uh, but I've always wanted to play the, well, for me, it was the Molson Amphitheater, which is now the, the Bud Light stage, uh, right. Bud stage in Toronto. Yep. Um, I remember, you know, seeing a lot of, I remember seeing Blue Rodeo there for the first time and it just feeling like, I don't know, it was just a different feeling being, you know, I was born in Scarborough and uh, just, it would feel, it'd be the closest thing to a hometown, you know, made it mark for me that I can think of. So, you know, I'm hoping that, once concerts get back to where they, uh, you know, where we all love them, um, I'm hoping that that can be on the bucket list. I wanted to wrap up with the question about your proudest moments, Stephen, or one of them. I know there are obviously many, and they spill into your personal life, but if we kept it on music, um, what would be one of your proudest moments, a big accomplishment or just one that means a lot to you? Uh, what, what would you say about that? Man, I, that's, uh, you know, for me, it's an obvious one. Um, a lot of people would probably assume it was uh, the Grammy nomination, but for me, it was um, it was the NSAI, which is the Nashville Songwriters Association Incorporated. It was the NSAI um, Song of the Year, which is voted on by all the other songwriters in Nashville, um, which just means the world to me um, that mm-hmm. they would choose my song. You know, it's come. It's this. It's not a political. Um, it's not something you can rig. It's literally voted on by the people that you respect the most. So when we won that for Blue Ain't Your Color, um, you know, I remember Hillary Lindsay, she's had a few of them. And I remember her pulling me aside and saying, Stephen, do you, you know what this is, right? And uh, and she kind of gave it that kind of validity for me. Um, and so it coming from her where she's actually won a, a few different Grammys and has had number like, 25 number ones and you know for her to say that it was like that was her proudest thing she's had and it kind of gave real value to mine as well because it made me go wow these all the people that I respect more than anything in my in my industry voted this song being the this is the best one of the year so that's it that's amazing. What a, what a great moment and uh, so many great ones you've had and are going to as your music continues to, uh, to keep climbing the charts. Stephen, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me. It's been a great pleasure. Absolutely, Dave. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks again. Once again, my guest has been Stephen Lee Olson. Be sure to check out his latest single called Can Not. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.